Hello, I'm Michael Curzon and welcome to this Bournebrook podcast where we're going to talk about Britannic, which is Bournebrook's new newsletter. And I'm joined by the creator of said newsletter, Collingwood. How are you? Well, I'm as well as can be expected, Michael. I hope you're well too. I'm very well. That's, that's a nice Jerry start, isn't it? Um, <laughs> well, we might as well start this discussion then. This is essentially to talk about what the new podcast, uh, I've said this already, the new podcast, the new newsletter is um where it came from where the idea came from what the purpose is and also a bit of a, a sneak peek into the next edition um so i think we'll start with the first point which is where did we get the idea from and we've been talking for a while about conservative commentators people who have interesting things to say not just politically but also culturally which i think often is actually um more interesting and more needed on our side of the argument and we were talking about how it's it's really quite difficult actually to to source these pieces. There's not one place where where all the figures um, centre around. They're scattered around, which I suppose is is made all the more difficult through Substack, given that everyone has their own account now. Um, so just tell me about your problems there, because you're an avid reader. You love reading cultural commentary in particular. It seems to me. Um, so before the newsletter, how is it that you were sort of source the 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 pieces that you'd find interesting? Yeah, I mean, I think I personally have always been a, a generalist rather than a specialist, and I tend to have quite varied interests. Um, and one of the things that I find is that, you know, I read far more essays and articles online, and I'm far more, far more interested in that sort of thing than I am in, say, books, which is probably quite shameful these days, actually. Um, but at least I get a fair old bit of reading in, and one of the things that I found is that, you know, these days with the internet, we've had a proliferation of sources. There's no longer, you know, six or seven magazines and six or seven newspapers, but there are literally hundreds and thousands or tens of thousands even yeah. of different um, websites, substacks, blogs, YouTube channels, and all of them have some interesting things in. And I think it's these days it's far better for the discerning reader or the discerning absorber of information to follow individuals rather than platforms. Yeah. So, you know, other there might Bournemouth, be, well, other than Bromebrook, indeed. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that always reminds me of the John F. Kennedy quip when he said there was a, a greater concentration of intellect in the white house than since Thomas Jefferson ate alone. <laughs> and, uh, of course, that that is true of Bornbrook as well. But um, yeah, so uh, you know, I find myself, you know, in the Telegraph, there might be Ambrose Evans Pritchard and Nick Timothy, and you know, maybe one or two others. But the rest, I, you know, find either boring or completely intolerable. And it might be similar with the Guardian, where even though Simon Jenkins is a proper old-fashioned liberal, which is something I disagree with, he is a wonderful writer and his views are interesting and important if you're a social conservative to be able to challenge them with um intelligent and well-considered views hmm. um so you kind of move around all of these platforms and you find individual writers or sometimes even individual articles you'll find something on the atlantic which is fascinating but the rest of everything isn't so my idea was really to gather all of this sort of thing that i find interesting and put it into one place because I thought other people would find this sort of thing interesting where it's not just a standard news article or some kind of um, 
dialing it in opinion column in comment is free. But it's something that's usually quite thoughtful, usually very well written, um, and something that informs people on the issues of the day uh, and also other areas of interest. So um, that, that was where the idea came from. But, you know, obviously I am a social conservative and I'm probably a little bit left of center in terms of economics. So obviously the things that I pick, um, you know, fall into that sort of category in general. Yeah, I think you make a really good point in terms of, as you say, you can get a good article from The Guardian, you'll have good columnists in The Guardian. Yet, if you if you were to buy the paper every day and read the general reporting with the abortion debate last week, you sent a picture of of an article in, in which um, the the Roe v. Wade overruling was was uh, deemed harmful to women and other people who can become pregnant. And you think, oh, I can't I can't read this. And the same as The Spectator. You have some, you've got Rod Liddell in there. James Dellingpole, I think, might still be in there. But I must say, I unsubscribed a long time ago because half of the content is just, it's dire. It's hard to read. Um, and, and then you've got, you've got other writers. Um, the, the Substack move, I, I don't know if I, if I think it's a good thing or not. I suppose it's, it's good in that it allows writers to earn money independently. But at the same time, um, as, as we've sort of highlighted, it makes it very difficult to source good writing um you have to you have to look really quite far afield um and of course it takes away the idea of any form of editing which i don't think is a particularly good thing with a substack um it's, it's pretty much you write it and put it on unless of course you can afford to pay a team but that that must be quite rare so the the need for the the newsletter i think was or at least the market i should say the market for something like this was excellent um and I know it took you a long time, didn't it, to to find all the different sources. You were asking lots of people. You were looking at all different areas, trying to read through all the different substacks and and new sites to find the most interesting sources. And of course, Twitter with with threads now, um, which makes it all yeah. more. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, in, I mean, in the end, I had to set up. Um, I set up an account on something called Feedly, which essentially collates all of the RSS feeds you want. I also set up um, a list, a private list on Twitter of all of the, um, you know, media and organizations and journalists uh, who sometimes put out interesting content. And between both of those and then the things that are kind of shared on social media and the things that are shared in some of the sources that I've got listed, you, you know, you tend to be able to pick up a good list. But yeah, I mean, even then, even now that I've kind of winnowed it down, I'm you know, I'm still looking at, you know, 50 or 60 different sources minimum. Yeah. Um, and not everything that is written is interesting. Not everything that's published is interesting. So it takes a fair bit of kind of sifting the wheat from the chaff, um, a fair bit of reading. And, um, you know, as I say, you know, the idea is to put the, put the interesting stuff in one place. You know, I, I think especially from a, um, a cultural conservative point of view, because even in a newspaper, you know, for instance, we, we've mentioned the Telegraph already. Um, and, you know, you mentioned a couple of people in the Telegraph. Now, I, for instance, find Con Coughlin loathsome, to be honest. Uh, like, not only do I disagree with everything he says, but everything he says is just a kind of regurgitation of the, of the, the, the kind of the intelligence community and, and, and kind of, official foreign policy community stance. There's nothing new. There's nothing original. 
But if you're a social conservative, the Telegraph is, is really thin gruel for the social conservative. You might have occasionally something from Simon Heffer, but apart from that, it, it, it's run by kind of economic neoliberals who are kind of okay with, you know, the, the current level of social con- uh, liberalism. Yeah. You've, you know, as long as it doesn't go too far. And I, I think a lot of that is true of The Spectator as well. Yeah. You try and find an issue of The Telegraph or The Times that doesn't have at least one article which talks about a woman in her 50s who's refound her sex drive. And I'll give you a, a prize. It's it's difficult. And it's, it's the sort of thing you don't want to read. It's it's not it's not what uh, the, uh, the subtext of of Britannic is. Um, it is that it's essays, it's writing, it's beauty uh, for the intelligent Britain. And I think it's these sorts of elements which are tagged on it to thicken up the newspapers and the magazines, which are so far than for the intelligent Britain that it's almost insulting. Um, so, and it's interesting with the first issue which went out last week, from which we had a really good response actually, really uh, quite encouraging in terms of carrying on with the newsletter. Some of the most read entries were a Twitter thread by Lord Frost um, on the the recent by elections. There was a piece from Unheard, so an online magazine. Uh, Substack entries did quite well. Again, you even had um, a paper. Uh, just to show the sort of the the wide range of interests you have on on alien life form, which was um, w- would that have been submitted in a journal? I suppose I know this one was a, a PDF. I think in the, the format that it was opened. Yeah. So I mean, the nice thing. So the really nice thing about um, this newsletter is first thing we the first thing we do is we try to cover the issues of the day um, from a perspective of thoughtfulness and well-written essays okay mm-hmm. so it, it gives people an opportunity to take a you know have a perspective on um something like the migration crisis and what happened in rwanda which is something that we covered last week um it, it, it we put together a, a kind of um what's the word i'm looking for kind of a, a, a dossier if you like of interesting long-form articles and kind of expert essays on the Ukraine crisis that doesn't really take the media point of view. Now, it wasn't the kind of, you know, it wasn't the kind of the Russian obverse of that coin. What it was is really thoughtful pieces that looked into individual aspects of it. For instance, the geostrategic position, the sort of uh, political issues that they might have in Ukraine, um, and also things like a really long form article by Wolfgang Streak, looking at what the EU might look like after this crisis. And, and, and these were all written by, you know, very intelligent people, very thoughtful and well-written essays um, that gave people a different perspective. So we have that sort of thing as well. Yeah. Um, but it also allows us to, for instance, we always try and have some beautiful photographs um, of Britain, whether it be architecture, landscape, countryside, um, maybe even you know, nature as well, something that what I call a little bit of chicken soup for the patriot soul. We have a little bit of a uh, little bit of Shakespeare there as well. And then we also have articles of interest. So we had a really interesting long form article from the Atlantic last week about why Google search engine seems to produce worse results than it did five years ago. Like what's happening with that? Why is that? How have they changed their search engine? What does that mean? We also had, as you say, the story about um, 
uh, an alien hunting uh, mission at a radio telescope in China, which had discovered a narrowband radio emission coming directly from the most Earth-like exoplanet ever developed. Uh, sorry, ever discovered. Yes. Um, and I, I kind of used that as an uh, excuse, if you like, to put in an academic paper from a man called Nick Bostrom, who is a philosopher by trade, but is currently in charge of the Future of Humanity Institute at Oxford University, I believe, Oxford or Cambridge. Mm. Uh, and he wrote a paper. I mean, it's not too long, but it's, you know, I think, you know, three or 5,000 words about the Fermi paradox. And, you know, like, if aliens are bound to be out there, why aren't they there? And what does that mean for humanity? It's really fascinating stuff. But that's the kind of additional bits and pieces that we have. So I think when people get this on a Monday, it can actually easily give them a full week's worth of reading of, uh, of first of all, high quality, reflective, intelligent um, work on the issues of the day. Uh, also, you know, a little bit of chicken soup for the patriot soul. And then thirdly, other interesting tidbits, essays from, you know, that might interest them from quite kind of, um, uh, you know, a wide range of subjects, uh, esoteric subjects, I suppose you might say. Um, and I think because of that, it's a really good mix. It is. It is, and and we've um, we've got a, a good uh, mix of of readers as well, which um, some some readers who are perhaps influencing some of the halls of power, which we're we're pleased to say, but of course we can't give details on that. Um, and and the response to the first one, as I say, I mean, you, you mentioned about having enough articles for a, a week's worth of reading. Uh, one of the comments which made me laugh uh, was from a, a long time reader of the magazine who said, "This is really enjoyed the newsletter." The only complaint, if there were to be one, is that there's too much to read. So that, I think, <laughs> I think that's the. It, it's far better having that than too little. Um, and it and it's very different from your sort of regular politics newsletter, I think, which is very singularly news based. It's simply on right. Last night, Boris Johnson said this, and and here's an article on it. Um, we do have a bit of that. We we make sure that we're covering the topics that that are happening. But as you just said, it also it also varies much more widely than that um, to, to things that um, might not be relevant to this very second in a sort of uh, very specific political sense, but are still relevant to us as Britons uh, and as human beings, I suppose you could say, in, in, in that, uh, with the example of the last article. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think that's, a, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think that's an important point because, it, you know, it's a, a little bit like the old um, review sections that you used to get in the Sunday papers where, um, it was a section that afforded the journalists an opportunity to uh, write more uh, thoughtfully and reflectively and perhaps even creatively uh, on the issues of the previous week because they weren't under pressure to break the news and just report the news. Um, you know, that had already passed, so they could, you know, write in that way. And, and, and that sort of thing would also have, um, you, you know, culture and art and it would also contain the little kind of esoteric tidbits and left field titillation for uh, people to enjoy as well. And I, I think that's what makes this newsletter different. It's, I hope it's nice to read in and of itself, even if, even if you don't follow the links. It's a, it, it's a pleasure to read and look at. Uh, but in addition to that, if you do follow the links, it, it can give you a new perspective. It can introduce you to some much more high quality writing and much more 
considered and thoughtful writing than you get in the in you know say the average newspaper website yeah. um and it's you know it's something that can keep you going for almost an entire week really mm. no i think so well with that in mind then it's it's thursday at the minute so we've got some some more time yet but what have we got lined up for next week what are some sneak peeks that will will make those who haven't already rush to the subscribe button which is free by the way this newsletter yeah i think that's the second best thing about the newsletter is that it's free <laughs> yeah right? <laughs> yeah so and i you know actually i mean just to get back to that um one of the things i was really pleased about the first week was how many people took the time to write to you know myself as editor of the newsletter and yourself as editor of bornbrook to kind of say how good it was there was one gentleman who said that um he usually hated newsletters but this was a real pleasure uh, there was another lady who said that it was a great surprise to get on a monday morning mm. um yeah, I was, you know, there were, I think in the end we got six or seven kind of really positive results, which doesn't sound a lot, but it is when you think you've got to actually take time to reply to the email and construct something. It was yeah. a real I, pleasure. Yeah, if you're outside of the, the publishing world, then you'll think that's a tiny number, but just think think of the last time that you sent somebody an email to say that what they'd written was good and you you'll realize it was probably never so to have to have any number is good or maybe that's a reflection of the content that we produce but i like to think that it's not um my favorite comment actually was quite a simple one from someone who said um that they just enjoyed reading it over a cup of tea which was so it was sent out at around seven o'clock in the morning for people to read as and when either commuting or or in the short breaks, or of course over breakfast. So that's that's uh, that's certainly a nice way of picturing it. Um, so so when on as we said, and on on the Monday coming when people have just bored the kettle, what have they got? What's what have they got lined up? Well, I'm afraid that at least part of it is going to be a kind of a glum. I'm going to be adding to the Monday blues because we're going to talk about. Um, uh, the benighted state of the United Kingdom, unfortunately. Um, I found a beautifully written but incredibly dispiriting long-form essay about the prevalence of drugs, and especially cocaine and marijuana, in extremely deprived towns where everybody is working, or almost everybody is working, kind of minimum wage, pretty unpleasant jobs yeah. um and i'm going to package that with um uh, an article i read about the absolutely shameful um grooming report which is grooming gang report which has just come out and another report which is you know as infuriating as either of those two things is a report into the despoiling of our river system and especially the role that the water companies take in that. Um, we're also going to have something on uh, Nicola Sturgeon's uh, latest uh, Neverendum announcement. Yeah. And some of what I've done is I've found a few articles from the past which talk about some of the issues that Scotland's going to face with that. A couple of quite serious articles which look at that more in more depth because I think that's a tremendously important issue and we tend to get caught up in the he he said she said what's going to happen news of that yeah instead of drilling down into some of the the issues that are going to arise um found a couple of a couple of issues with regard to the increasingly woke nature of students uh got a little video about the migrant crisis and 
some of the issues about it. Uh, Going to have a look at Ukraine again. Yep. But then also a couple of much nicer things. Uh, I, f- I found a couple of very um, feel-good essays almost, uh, but really interesting ones. So I think, again, it's going to be a really interesting mix. I think people are going to enjoy it. We'll still have the old uh, chicken soup for the Patriot soul and the Shakespeare and the photographs. Absolutely. Um, um, so I think, I, I hope anyway, that... Uh, as you say, somebody can wake up on a Monday morning. It'll be there waiting for them in their email near the top, hopefully. And they'll be able to sit and have their cup of tea and their cornflakes and their bacon sandwich and have a read and maybe continue reading on the commute on the way to work if they still go to the office. Well, that's a very good point. But yes, there's there's plenty in there then. And just, just, for, uh, just to be clear on this, you can subscribe to the newsletter for free by going to www.bornbrookmag.com forward slash Britannic, which is double N and a Q at the end rather than a C. Um, yeah, it's spelt exactly the same as Britannic as the adjective. Yes. Um, but with a Q instead of a C. Yes. So, and and I think we, we said before this that we're, we will give a few sneak peeks into next week's as well, after this week, that is the week after the next and we'll we might carry this on as a as a mini series but give any thoughts email in as well with any suggestions for the newsletter if there's anything that's either interesting or beautiful as Colin was said of any other stories you'd like to see featured and thanks for the support and enjoy the rest of your day thank you